morning, everyone. Welcome to church today. If you would just like to find your way to your seat, that would be great. Thank you. So good to be in church today. Good to be in God's house. Welcome to those who are joining us online today as well. Hope that you're all ready to stay with us all the way through uh, the service today. Good to be in God's house. Good to be in his presence. I'm just going to read a few verses actually from Psalm 92. Um, there's a certain worship album that I've been listening to uh, quite a lot uh, these last few, well, last couple of months, really, I suppose. And uh, as I was reading Psalm 92, it just made me think about that song, one of the songs in that album. This is what it says. It's good to praise the Lord and make music to your name almost high, to proclaim your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night, to the music of the ten-stringed lyre and the melody of the harp. We don't have a harp here today. We don't have a lyre either. We've got a guitar, we've got a keyboard, we've got drums, we've got a bass, so we're doing okay. For you make me glad by your deeds, O Lord. I sing for joy at the works of your hands. How great are your works, O Lord. How profound your thoughts. And then it goes on in verse 12 to say, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. What an incredible psalm. I don't know about you, it just lifted me as I read those words. Just uh, In fact, yesterday morning I read those words, and they just lifted my whole spirit. And I thought, how good is our God? How worthy is our God of our praise? And we're here really to worship him this morning. Some of you are looking a bit unconvinced, I have to say, at the moment, but I'm sure you'll get there. Um, but let's stand if you're able to, and we will pray. And Father, we just come into your house today. This is your house. We're in your presence today. We've, we've come to worship you. We've come to read your word. We've come to give to you. We've come to serve you. We've come to thank you. Father, this is about you. And Lord, we just ask that you would come and your spirit today and presence yourself amongst us, that you'd move in this congregation today. Move with those who are online, wherever they find themselves today, joining online. Father, we pray that you'd move. And Father, we pray that we would sense your spirit. Sense your spirit as we worship you. Lord, we ask that you'd come and that you'd live in our praise this morning. And Father, that you would have your way in our lives this morning. We give you glory, we give you praise, we give you honor, we give you thanksgiving. And Lord, we just come to worship you today with everything that is within us. In Jesus' name we ask. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.
Father, we thank you that before anything was made, you existed, Alpha and Omega, the first, the last, the beginning, the end. Father, before anything that we can see in this world, Father, before any of it existed, you were. And Father, we just thank you for this incredible eternal truth that, Father, before the beginning of time, and even after time comes to an end, Father, you will continue to exist. And Father, we thank you that because of what Jesus has accomplished on the cross, Father, that we will continue to exist. Father, that we will continue to live an eternal life, a life that goes beyond the grave. Father, a life that goes beyond what we see, beyond the natural. Father, that you will give us an eternal life. You have begun that work in us now. And Father, we thank you for that. But Lord, we look forward to eternal life. Father, we look forward to those moments, Father, where we will be reunited with people who have gone before us, who have gone on into their eternal reward before us. And Father, we will be reunited and Father, we will populate the place where you want us to live, the place where you want us to dwell and make home, Father, with each other. Father, a body, a a body of people called out of this world to, to worship you. And Father, we just thank you that you continue to work in us in this world. Father, in these days, Lord, that you want to work in us and through us, and you're doing that now, and we thank you for that. And Lord, we ask that you would help us to open up our hearts, that we might just surrender to you, Father, and give you all that is within us. Father, we've just sung that song, we give you all the glory. Lord, may we indeed give you all the glory. Father, may we indeed serve you with all of our heart, with all of our gifts and skills and talents, and Father, everything that you've put in our lives, with all of our resources. Father, with all of our heart, may we worship you, may we serve you. And Father, we pray that you do new things in our lives day by day. Father, we thank you for the way that you're answering prayers in this church just now. Lord, it's amazing to see, but Lord, we will continue to petition heaven's door until we see the fulfillment of the words which you've spoken over this church. Father, we know that every word that you've spoken will be fulfilled. Lord, help us to position ourselves and to get ourselves into the right place so that you can fulfill that word through your church in this place. Lord, we pray for those in here and maybe online today, Lord, who are sick, Father, who need a touch in their bodies, and Lord, we ask that you would just minister healing into bodies. Father, we pray for Ken over there in Switzerland and for Jocelyn for strength and your peace to be upon them both. Father, we just ask that you'd minister into their hearts. Lord, that you just bring healing and recovery and restoration. Lord, for Heather, who's now back home after a long stint in hospital. Father, we just pray strengthen her. Lord, we pray that her body would be free from everything that causes ill health. Father, we pray for miracles in her body, Father, that would just bring glory to you. Lord, we come to you because you are our healer. We worship you, and Father, we just ask that you just move in these situations. Father, for everyone in here who needs a touch in their body physically from you, Father, we pray that your spirit would just come and move. Father, move amongst us today. Move amongst the chairs and the rows today. Holy Spirit, come and move and just, just deposit gifts of healing. Father, give us the faith to just hold out our hands and to receive from you all that you want to pour into our lives. Lord, for those who need peace in this place today. Father, for those who need to come back to a place of 
just being still before you. Lord, we pray that your spirit would come and just bring that peace which surpasses all understanding. May it guard every heart, every mind in Christ Jesus. And Father, we pray, may your presence continue with us through all that we do today. Father, whether in church or uh, gathered or away from church, Father, whatever we do, Lord, we pray, lead us into the things which you want for us, the people that you want us to speak to, the situations that you want us to minister into. We ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated if you're not already seated. Okay, boys and girls are going to leave us for Rainbow Kids, sorry, Treasure Kids. I will keep doing this for a while yet. It's just force a habit. You go into autopilot. They're going to go over to Treasure Kids. Um, just break for just one minute. Say hi to the person next to you. Um, and uh, we'll start in just a little second. wonder if Marlon, you want to come up and get ready to, to share. It's all right. Good morning, everybody. This is an, an announcement for all of our more mature adults in the congregation. Now, that might not be you, but it might be your sister or your brother or your mother or your father or your granny or your grandpa. It's, it's a date for your diary. Remember, remember the 5th of November, but not for gunpowder, treason and plot. It's the first season changer event where between 12 and 2, there will be food, fellowship, and fun. And both Leslie and I will be there giving everything our very best shot. Everybody is invited to join us on Saturday the 5th and to bring a friend. Please let, as I won't be here next week, will you let Leslie know if you intend to come and if you have any transport needs. We look forward to seeing lots of you on the 5th. Thank you. Round of applause just for doing the announcements. It's amazing. Well done, you guys. I also don't know what you've done to my iPad, Marlon. There you go. Ah, it's back to normal again. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, welcome to everyone. There's a, a couple of new faces today. So, welcome to those who are visiting with us. Great that you're with us. Um, I'm going to just put this um, up the back. Well, I'm going to get Josh to put this up the back for me. This is the giant Christmas card that I talked about last week. I thought, I'm going to bring it up because when I went to see it, there was only one message in it. And all these people in the church, and there was only one message in it last week. That's just what happens, isn't it? You get talking, and there's a queue, and then you think, I'll come back later, and you don't because you forget. This is going to be sitting up the back of the church for you to write a message. There's lots and lots of pages. Um, it will go to persecuted Christians in Cambodia just to remind them that we're with them, that we stand with them, that we're praying for them. 
And we do pray for uh, the persecuted church uh, here in the church. So, Josh, maybe you could just put that on the table up the back under the cross for me. And that way it's there. I thought I'm going to have to get a friend to help me today. So, thank you, Josh, for that. Um, just to remind you that tomorrow morning uh, on Zoom there will be prayer. Also on Tuesday evening there will be prayer. Again on Zoom we'll be praying for prodigals. Um, and Bobby will be leading that time from 7 o'clock until 8. It's one hour. One hour, okay? One hour for the church to come together and to pray for prodigals. And I was reading this morning um, in Matthew where Jesus was away praying in the garden. And he came back to find the disciples. And what were they doing? Sleeping. And what did he say to them? Can you not just stay with me for one hour? One hour. And what did he do? He went away and he came back and he found them sleeping. And he said, can you not just stay with me for one hour, praying with me in my moment? And he went away and he prayed and he came back and what were they doing? Sleeping. (laughs) There's a moral to the story here. We're asking the church to come together on Zoom for one hour to pray for prodigals. One hour. How many hours do you have in a week? 168 hours. We're asking you to dedicate one of those hours on Zoom to come and pray for prodigals. So please put that in your diary. And one of the things that when we started praying for prodigals, Stuart was praying and he said something that really stuck with me. He says, there was a time when people prayed for us and as a result, we became Christians. Now it's our turn. And we began to pray along that line and I'll never forget that moment And I found it really moving. Now it's our turn. It's our turn to pray. Just to let you know also that Treasure Kids will be on on Wednesday night. Um, All the Treasure Kids people are over there now. Um, I think we had 62 Treasure Kids in the the building on um, Wednesday night last year. Um, Oxygen will be on on Thursday night. Treasure Talks will be on on Friday morning. Busy, busy, busy. And after the service today, there'll be the first of a series of membership classes. So if you're not a member of the church and you haven't let me know, you're still welcome to join us today just after church once things kind of quieten down a wee bit. And uh, there's a series of three membership classes that we're going to be running uh, just over the next wee while. So let's pray and I'm going to open up the, the Word of God for us in just a little second. Father, we thank you We thank you that you are interested in every aspect of our lives. And Lord, we come to you today to just sit at your feet, to sit under your instruction today. And Father, we pray that the Holy Spirit would move amongst us, Jesus, that your words would be uh, thought about, shared, meditated on, taken to heart. And Lord, we pray that you'd help us to put into practice the things which are in your word. And so we ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So the title of what I want to say today, funnily enough, is it's our turn now. What a coincidence that I just so happened to mention that a few minutes ago, it's our turn now. I had no intention of doing that at the time, but there you go, it all works in. And the passage that I want to read from today is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. If you're all sitting comfortably, are you all sitting comfortably? Most people, good. And this is what Ephesians 3.10 says, And it's talking about God. It's talking about his intent was that now through the church, 
the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly realms. His intent is that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly realms. God is in control and His plan will work out. Do you believe that? Sometimes we look at our world today and we think, is God actually in control here? I don't know about you, I think that. Is God in control? God is in control and His plan will work out. Isaiah 55 verse 8 says this, God's thoughts are not our thoughts. God's ways are not our ways. And here we are with our finite minds, our tiny little peanut brains, and we think we're so clever. And we can't begin to understand how awesome and incredible God is. And as C.S. Lewis said, he's the one who created the whole show. Everything that we see and science for the last 300 years has been trying to understand the whole show and to analyze the whole show and to understand how God did that. Nowadays, science is trying to disprove that God exists. That's another story. But the problem from our perspective is that the show seems to be going wrong. Through time and history, people forget their lines, miss their cues, and we go, what's happening in our world? Is anybody in here guilty of forgetting their lines? I could never remember lines at, at school and, and plays. Or, I just, I could never be an actor unless I was allowed to make it all up on the spot. That's why I need my notes. And people throughout history have been messing things up. We live in a world that's broken, it's messed up. Not the way that God intended it. That's not how he made it. When he made it, he said that it was good. When he looked at it, he said it was very good. So the, the fallen nature of our world is not how God intended it to be. Adam fell and paradise was lost. Abraham failed and people around him got hurt. Moses got frustrated and he never received the promise that God had given him. I always feel sorry for Moses as a leader, getting frustrated and striking the rock when he should have spoken to it. David flirted, and power and position was abused, if you know the story of David in the Bible, King David. But then there was another man who came later. His name was Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah. He was the first human being to follow God's plan to the letter. He was and is fully God and fully human. He was tempted in every way that we are, and yet he didn't sin. I wish I could say I was like Jesus. And through him, paradise became a fresh possibility. People were healed. Power and position were abdicated by the one person who was truly worthy to hold them. And it says in Philippians 2 about Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. And here we are sometimes grasping after power, grasping after influence, grasping after position. But it says in verse 7, but he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him 
to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's coming. There's a day coming when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And all the people who don't believe in God and don't believe in Jesus and think he's just some either mythical character or even a historical character who was a good man, they're coming to a place where every knee will bow. Our late queen said this, for me, the life of Jesus Christ is an inspiration and anchor for my life. That's the, probably the only thing that I share in common with the Queen, is that for me, he is an inspiration and he is an anchor for my life. And we remembered our late Queen just a couple of weeks ago. And she served and she lived her life in a way that set an example for others, even through challenging times. And what I want to suggest to us today is that it's our turn now. Will we fall? Will we fail? Will we get frustrated? Will we flirt with danger? Or will we take upon ourselves the responsibility to be the body of Christ now in our fallen and fractured world? It's our turn now. This is our shift. This is when we're on. This is the moment that we're accountable for now. And I'm probably behind a wee bit in my slides. That was the passage I was supposed to read. I want to just walk through this passage. In fact, let's go back to it and read it again, if I can. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers, authorities, and authorities in the heavenly realms. I want you to just walk through that little verse from the Bible. This was spoken by a man called Paul. We'll come to that in a minute. But I wanted to look at the word now, and so I thought, I'll look it up in the Greek and see what it means. Do you know what it means in the Greek as well? Now. It just means now. I was going to get all technical and fancy, but it just means now, in this present moment. This is our time. And I was thinking about when this book was written. Paul wrote this. It's a prison uh, epistle. Ephesians was written when he was in prison, one of a number of letters which he wrote. And they estimate that it was written 27 to 29 years after the resurrection of Jesus. And here he is. He's trying to encourage the church. And it's one of my favorite New Testament books, the book of Ephesians. And it was new at the time. Think about reading that letter for the very first time. And you read those words now. And you're like, wow, it's, now, it's, it's us. And I think about the church that existed then. There was an expectation that Jesus was coming back. I was reading in Matthew this morning, as I said, about Jesus coming back. Could you imagine the expectation that the people then had about Jesus coming back for his church? There we go. That's the sound of the Lord coming back. That's the trumpet sound of God. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. <laughs> Mobile phones are funny. That just reminds me. I better turn the volume down in mine as well. Oops. There'll be some mischievous person who's online who will phone me in the middle of preaching one of these days just to test it. And here we are in our now 
1960 to 1962 years after the resurrection of Jesus, or sorry, after this book was written, and, and now still for us means now. Right now, this is our turn. It's our watch. This is our turn. Even through all the COVID nonsense, we've still got the residue of COVID. This is the first time our chairs have been somewhat normal in two and a half years. It's crazy, isn't it? Are you enjoying the chairs being somewhat normal? It makes a big difference for me looking out, by the way. <laughs> Through all the uncertainty caused by war, the, the days that we're living in just now, and the things that we see happening around the world, chaos on our planet through massive weather events, all the things that are going on, and the financial upheaval that we're all in the middle of just now, this is, this is our now, and God has chosen to demonstrate his manifold wisdom through us, through the church now, in this moment, in this moment, where we go, what's happening? When's it all going to calm down? When's it going to settle down? When are we going to get back to whatever normal was? And God wants to demonstrate his manifold wisdom through the church. Multifaceted, multicultural, multiracial, and multi-generational. The church is diverse. I look around at the faces today, especially before everybody went out for treasure kids, and I look at the faces, and it's multi-generational, it's multicultural, it's multiracial, and it's multifaceted because we've all got different things that we bring, different gifts, different personalities. We come with a different approach. And through this multifaceted church, God wants to demonstrate his manifold wisdom. I did look that up in the Greek as well. And I found it interesting, actually, because it talked about something being varied or having different colors was one of the uses of that word. God's wisdom is multicolored, multifaceted. Yesterday morning, we woke up on the 1st of October and looked out our window, and what did we see? A massive rainbow. It was awesome. I don't know if you saw it yesterday. And I ran outside in my pajamas in the rain to get a picture of the rainbow. It was awesome. And I think about just the, the manifold wisdom of God that can create things like rainbows. But he also chose to create something else. It was called the church. Paul said in another book, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom a knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Absolutely nobody. The ultimate authority, the ultimate in wisdom, multifaceted, understands how to make trees and squirrels. And unfortunately, he made gray squirrels as well, which upset all our red squirrels. That's another story. And the fish in the sea, and the birds in the air, and the stars, and the, the moon, and the sun, and, and it all just happens. He set it all in motion, God's manifold wisdom, and it's all there in motion. And he also made the church. Think on the wisdom of God. He took upon himself a human form. He became a human being. The manifold wisdom of God decided to become a human being, live in this world, and to take our sins upon him, as we thought about last week, and to become a penalty for sin that was ours. Our sin, the, th the things that we have done, 
put Jesus on that cross, that physical human body, but fully God and fully human, so that we could be saved, so that we could experience the grace of God, a grace to save us and also a grace to serve. All of these things God has done, that he should make himself known. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. God's eternal plan is seen in you and I. I don't know about you, I sometimes think, well, that's a bit scary. I sometimes think, well, I don't think I would have picked me, right? Unlike that little Shrek moment with the wee creatures jumping up and down and saying, pick me, pick me, you know that moment. I don't think I would have picked me if I was God, if I'm being totally honest. I would have picked somebody who was way more talented, way more organized, way more skillful, way more better at communicating because it's such an important message that we try to communicate. I would have probably chosen somebody else, but God has chosen us. It's our turn now. God has chosen us. We're it. Tig, who else, who else are you going to run around and try and tig? Who else are you going to run around and try and say, we want you to be part of what God's doing here? Sorry, too much treasure kids in my head. How do, we, how do we do this? How do we play our part? We do it when we choose to love other people. We do it when we choose to love the person who annoys us. The person in work who we don't get on with. Maybe the person in our family who annoys us. Hey, we don't necessarily need to go out the door to find people that annoy us. When we choose to love. When we choose to forgive. And forgiving's a great idea until you have somebody that you need to forgive. And then you realize how hard forgiveness is. Because your heart wants to be justified and say, but I'm right. Well, you might be right. But the relationship's more important than being right. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to the church, there are people that we're going to have to spend eternity with. And I think God will have a sense of humor and he'll put you beside the people on earth that you didn't get on with. And he'll say, it's your turn now. Get on with it. And I sometimes wonder, I wonder if sometimes God's going to have to sort some things out in us when we get to heaven, <laughs> when we stand before him. And I'm like, oh no, I try to think of everything possible that I need to uh, confess before God so I don't need to do it in heaven. I'm like, Lord, Help me to think about things that I need to confess and repent of because I don't want to be in front of you in heaven and be embarrassed and everybody here about that thing that I totally forgot about. I'm like, oh no, I totally forgot to, to talk to God about that. The person that I needed to forgive and I've not done it yet. When we choose to serve, God has gifted us with his Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian, God's Holy Spirit lives inside you. A power, an unimaginable power, lives inside you and enables you to serve, enables you to be his witness. That can be in all sorts of places. As a church, we need to serve. When we choose the needs of others above our own, Jesus first, yourself last, and others in the middle, if you remember that wee song. Choosing others' needs above our own. And in this day and age, one of the issues that I've not mentioned yet is individualism. Everybody looking out for themselves. My family, 
my health, my safety, my house, my car, my salary, my job. And we're so individualistic as a society now that we've forgotten what it means to live in community. But Christians are called to live in community. People say to me, I can be a Christian and I don't need to be in church. Well, technically that's true. But could you imagine my little finger existing outside of my body? It would, what? It would wither away and die. It needs to be connected. And as church, we need to be connected. Thinking about others. How do we play our part? We play our part when we bear spiritual fruit, when we allow ourselves to be filled with the Holy Spirit and bear the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Have I missed one out? Maybe I can't remember. When we exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, when we give ourselves to God and we're so ready for Him to work through us, it's our turn. We are on display to rulers and authorities. What does Paul mean by that? When the passage talks of rulers and authorities, I think sometimes we we tend to go to the end of the book of Ephesians and we think about what Paul says there, where he says our struggle's not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against powers, against Uh, of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil and heavenly realms. We tend to think about that. But concerning our salvation, Peter writes this in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 12. Even angels long to look into these things. The salvation that I'm talking about today, even angels long to look into this, to understand this. The prophets in times past when they wrote longed to understand the things that we now see and benefit from. We even look back on the cross and we see it with hindsight. We look back on the life of Jesus and his resurrection and we look back on 2,000 years almost of church history and we have a unique perspective Even angels long to look into these things. There are heavenly beings, a host of heavenly beings. Let me read another passage. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. There is a spiritual world that has been created by God and it is there to serve him. Even the devil will serve God's purposes, and that's a hard theological question. The Bible talks about seraphim. Seraphim have, how many wings do seraphim have? There's a little test. Anybody remember? Six. Is that you, Gillian? Well done. Top of the class. <laughs> seraphim have six wings. Cherubim have how many wings? Four. Another set of created beings that the Bible talks about. The Bible talks about angels. How many wings do angels have? Zero. Angels are never described as having wings in the Bible. Never. And yet we think about them that way. There are archangels, ruling angels as well. Somebody had a wee light bulb moment there, I think. (laughs) I don't know who it was, but it sounded funny. (laughs) You're going to share that with me later. (laughs) There is a heavenly host, a spiritual world of created beings that God created 
They're created to serve his purposes. They're way beyond anything we can understand, but we might have met an angel. We might have met, you, you never know, you might have met an angel. We had an experience many, many years ago, Mary and I, and I was sitting next to Mary's bed as she was in the hospital, and we'd been through a horrific time, and there we were, really sad, wondering what's going on, and this person came in, big tall lady with blonde hair, and she was just so reassuring, and this, this sense of peace that came over us as she talked to us, and we just found everything that she said so reassuring. And we went back in after this experience with cards for the staff, as you do. You're going to say thank you for the way you looked after us. And, and, and can you pass that card on to such and such a person? And they were like, we've never heard of that person. But they work in here. They, they come in and say, no, no, there's nobody like that works in here. I think, I think we kind of thought the person was Swedish at the time or something like that from memory. It's funny how you forget things. And I'll never forget, well, I'll never forget the, how it made me feel. It's like, wow, what happened there? And I don't think the penny dropped with us until much later that maybe we actually had an encounter with an angel who was there to help us in that moment, that dire time, and to bring comfort and to bring peace. And we never saw that person again, never heard of that person again. No wings, no halos, no bright lights, but a very real experience nonetheless. And... We live in a world where we're surrounded by spiritual forces. Some of those angels are fallen angels. And we need to be careful. There's an angel called Lucifer who wanted to be worshipped as God was worshipped because of the pride that began to rise in his own heart. He wanted to be worshipped and he was thrown out of heaven. Do you know, we need to be really careful not to take glory or credit for things that are God's, the things that God is doing. If we begin to take glory and credit for things, then it can lead to pride in our lives, and it's a dangerous place to go. That's what Lucifer did, and he's known by many names. He's known as the Satan, the, which means the accuser. He's known as the devil, Beelzebul, Belial, Apollyon, which means destroyer. Good names, eh? the deceiver, the snake, the serpent, the tempter, the god of this world, the ruler of the darkness of this world, the prince of this world, of demons, and of the power of the air, a liar, a lying spirit, the father of lies, and a murderer from the beginning. And he is the leader of the host of heavenly angels that fell, a third of the angels that fell in heaven. And they are in this world to torment people and to bring destruction. We're living in a spiritual world where there are angels that are there to help us and there are forces that are there to hinder us, to destroy. They're all interested in what's going on in God's creation in one way or another. And we are surrounded by spiritual forces, some to deliver us, some to destroy us, some continually set against us. And you might think, well, what's the, what's the point in all this? The point is that we need to live our lives in this world in such a way that the manifold wisdom of God is demonstrated to rulers and authorities, spiritual beings, but also to the people that we live beside, work alongside. And I want to suggest that it's our turn now. 
It's our turn. This is our moment. This is our time. We don't get do-overs. We don't get second chances. We only have one life, and we've got to live it, and we've got to live it well. And your choices matter. How you live your life matters. How you apply yourself to Jesus' teaching matters. Your priorities matter, and your prayers matter. Everything matters. Everything that we do in this life to quote Gladiator, Echoes in Eternity. If you've seen that film, I love that film. If you've ever seen it, I've got the extended edition. It's amazing. Sorry, just couldn't resist that there. The extended edition's even better. Everything that we do in life matters. And it's our turn. The question is, what will you do? What will you do with your life today, this week that's coming? if you serve somewhere in church, if you're beside people that need to experience the love of Christ and they will experience it through you, your life matters. What choices will you make with your life? That's the challenge today. What choices will you make with your life today and this week and this month of October? What choices will you make? Let's bow our heads. Musicians are going to come back up to the the platform. We're going to sing a closing song, but I just want to pray for us as we draw our time to a close today. Father, we thank you for the incredible privilege that we have of being part of your family, to be called a child of God. Lord, to be called sons and daughters of the Most High God, of the God who created everything that we see, to be called a brother or sister of Jesus. Father, we thank you that Jesus is in heaven, that there is a man in heaven who represents us. His name is Jesus, and he died to save us from our sins. He died to give us freedom. He died to give us life in all its fullness. And Father, we just ask that you'd help us to step into all that Jesus has for us today. In this life, Father, we only have one shot at life. Help us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Lord, that we might demonstrate your wisdom to this world that we live in. And so, Lord, we just ask that you'd help us, empower us, that you'd strengthen us today. And maybe there are people in here today, and I'm just encouraging you to think about this, to think about how you want to respond to this today. It's, it's our turn now. Will you give him everything? Will you come before him this morning and say, I give you my all. I give you everything Will you give him everything? Father, today, we give you our all. Everything that we are, everything that we have, we give to you. That your kingdom might be seen in us. That the manifestation of the kingdom of God might be demonstrated in us. Lord, that you might be glorified through us, your church, and this time, in our generation. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Let's just stand as we finish off our time. We're going to worship God again. If you're able to stand, let's worship him.
there are some people in here today or online and you've never made a decision to allow Jesus into your life he wants you to be part of the church today as well and it's just a simple invitation it's just simply inviting Jesus into your heart and allowing him to just help you to be what you want to be at that moment when you make that decision the Holy Spirit comes in lives in your life and just helps you to just live the way that life that the helps you to live your life the way that God intends and just gives you that freedom and that peace and that fresh start in him if you've never made that decision I'm just going to say a simple prayer you pray this prayer after me and quietly into your heart out loud if you want and just invite God into your life dear God I thank you for Jesus I thank you for all that he's done I thank you that he's calling me today, now, to be part of the church. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Set me free. Give me a fresh start. And may your wisdom be demonstrated through my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for this church. We thank you for the churches in our town. We thank you for your church across West Lothian and across our nation. And Father, we pray that you'd continue to just work in your church. Lord, we pray that there'd be a breath from heaven would come and sweep across the church. Father, when you breathe fresh life into your church, Lord, we just ask that you breathe fresh life into the church and the days that lie ahead. Father, that you demonstrate your presence, that your manifold wisdom would be demonstrated to rulers and authorities in heavenly places 
but Father, also to our neighbours, to our colleagues, to those who we get alongside week by week. Father, we pray that you just demonstrate your power, demonstrate your grace and goodness. And Lord, may we continue to set our face towards all that you have for us. May you be our priority, we ask. And may Jesus be our vision. In his name we ask. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. Have a fantastic week. And uh, please stay around to chat to people. There's no rush to go away. Uh, just you stay and hang around and chat with people.